Rest in peace, Vince Scully. Coach Al, how much will we miss him? Talk about a legend, one of a kind, and maybe without comparison. Fair? Well, I think upstairs, Harry Callis might <laughs> just drop the number two. Yeah, because we had a good one. Yeah, we, we had did. a good one. And those calls are unbelievable. If one picture is worth a thousand words, you have just watched a million words after the Mookie Wilson play, which, by the way, Wiz, I think uh, Wilson would have been safe. When you look at the replays and Buckner sliding over, people forget, Coach, that he was 10 feet to the right. Slides to his left, and he's back on his heels. Right, His weight's going backwards, and he reaches down for the ball, which goes under his legs, of course, and then Wilson hits the bag. We've timed this many times in less than a second. I don't think Buckner, from 12 feet away, back on his heels, is picking the ball up at his age and beating Wilson to the bag. But nevertheless, uh, we, we lost a legend. Uh, Wiz, do you remember anything at all about Vince Scully? Uh, I, I knew the, I knew the name. I had I did have to um, you know look him up a bit when I, when I when I saw um, and kind of get refreshed. And I was I mean, sh- I mean really just shocked because you forget. It's yeah. so easy to forget. You know what someone did when you get caught up with everything going on today, and and look at where this guy started. They started in the 1950s. <laughs> and you're talking about Pee Wee Reese. You know, Jackie Robinson, 1960s, yeah. you know, Don Drysdale, Sandy Koufax. I mean, really impressive stuff here. I mean, this guy just, he was the voice of baseball for, what, 60 years? Yeah. yeah. 70 years? 66 years, I think. And he sounded just as good at the end as he did in the beginning. You never would know if he didn't know who was talking that the man was that, that old and still that competent the, just to – Jimmy, would it be say uh, fair to say that there was a magical element about his voice? Like, like sometimes you look at a comedian and you'll say, "Oh, he's really good because he looks like a comedian." You know, I, I would not make a good comedian. Well, maybe at times they have, right? But w- when you when you heard Vince Scully, there was an element to his vocal cords that was just baseball. It, it was perfect for the job. It, you know, is that a fair description? Flawless. Flawless, yeah. Uh, All those old school guys knew how to do it, like him and Callis. Like, they knew how to let the game breathe. Yeah. You know, he could go five minutes without saying a word sometimes, and it would you wouldn't even notice. Jimmy, you bring up a fantastic point. In two of his iconic calls, Mookie Wilson and, uh, of course, Gibson's walk-off, uh, he makes the call, and then there, there's nothing for two minutes. He lets the play play out, lets the fans enjoy the moment and doesn't want to dilute it or disrupt it by any of, you know, his chatter. He just quiet, you know, reverent to the moment and then comes in with a classic line after that. Uh, it, it's uncanny that he was there for Gibson, was there Frank Aaron's uh, record, uh, Mookie Wilson. Um, he, he Koufax is perfect game. Yeah, he. On that note, he called three perfect games, right, and twenty no hitters. Twenty Talk about a guy who was around a long time, to s- to be around for twenty three combined perfect games and no that's hitters. A, that's a good find. And Chuck, a good point. What on the Gibson home run? He let people watch Gibson run the bases, oh, yeah. limping, giving that, th- and let him go all the way around, and everybody on TV and at the game themselves just watched that whole thing. Nothing had to be said, and he didn't say anything. Yeah, if, if you're <clears throat> recall back to the iconic home run that we're, we're talking about 1988 World Series game one um, and Gibson has a both legs are actually um, significantly injured and they didn't even announce him to come out you know with a player introduction they didn't even announce him that day because he didn't think he'd factor in so he's in the batter's box and he's and he's shaking his legs a lot. You know, every time he takes a swing, uh, he's shaking his legs. And Scully says uh, he's shaking his leg like a horse trying to get rid of a troublesome fly. <laughs> now, I'll tell you what. Poetry. Yeah, where the heck does it come up with that, you know? And then, you know, there, there's a, not to dive into that scenario because I think that's for another, another podcast. But there's so much behind the big story. The big story, of course is the epic Gibson home run and, and Scully's unbelievable call. But if you look at the, the at-bat coach, there's so much that goes on where it doesn't look like Gibson can hit a ball. 
he's swinging with just his hands. I have a few pictures of it. Maybe we can get it on. And he threw him, Eckersley threw him a couple high pitches, and he almost fell over. So it's it's so bad that uh, Lasorda says Davis is on first base. He has to steal because we're not going to get a ball in the gap. So he's got to be at second base. All he's going to get is a flare hit here at best. Well, that makes sense. So so Davis takes off, and then Gibson interferes with the throw. So he's talking to Eckersley years, many years past that moment, and and he says to Eckersley, "Do you remember when I blocked the catcher? I think it was Deary, or uh, I should remember that name." Uh, and Eckersley says, "Yeah, the umpire did did call it." And before that, he hits a dribbler. That's foul by like three inches, or the game's over. But it goes foul, of course, and the the rest is history. There's there's so much that went on in that that at bat, but you never thought he could hit a home run hands only. And when you look at the swing and break it down, it is a hands only swing and not a strike, and he he gets it out of the ballpark. It it's just crazy, magical. It's nuts. Well, Storybook. I have to throw something years back, which I try and do once every week, whatever. But Gibson was a first-team All-American wide receiver at Michigan State and projected to be a first-round draft choice in the NFL. So those legs uh, were beat up for years. Yeah, and don't forget, during the, the Hank Aaron call, it's poignant because, once again, there, there's silence. And then uh, Scully comes in and says, a black man is getting a standing ovation in the huh. deep, deep south. Man. So he's he's intellectual in a sense because he's always grasping for the right thing to say. That, in other words, you can say, of all the things you could say as an announcer, what would you say? And it seems like Vince Scully always got the quintessential right thing for the moment to put a caption on it. And if Talk you about a gift. If you weren't an established announcer, I don't think even not too many announcers could make that statement. Yeah, exactly. And the last thing I'll say on the matter is uh, he was so popular – to listen to on radio did, did you hear this yet that the dodgers used to have to make announcements for the fans to turn their radios down <laughs> they were getting that back oh at the game yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, wow yeah they would all you know forty thousand people would bring their radios in and then have their transistors and then you know you'd see vince scully and, and the guys up in the, in the booth yep. going like this to remind him that thanks for listening to me on radio but we're getting that, I guess, reverberation time, if for lack of a So right this is word. before they had headphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, I, I think part of the problem, too, is the old Dodger Stadium you probably. was massive, like 60 rows, 70 rows or something like that. So the fans couldn't tell who, who the heck was, was up. And uh, so they had they had Scully on there with him uh, at the game as he's they're at the stadium. So I think it was just a really funny combination of, um, of what was going on there. Did he have a catchphrase for home runs like – Callis did, and the guy from the White Sox. Well, we know one of his was, it's time for Dodgers baseball. And by the way, viewers, that was not Chuck trying to do a Vince Cullen <laughs> impersonation. <laughs> God forbid. Forgive me. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Of course, he had the one for, for Gibson. We'll never forget that. But, uh, no, nah, just uh, how much will he be missed? It's a bridge for me back to my dad, you know, who died in 69. Uh, but there's some common ground there, and uh, a guy that's just, uh, thank God he lived to be 94. Rest in peace, uh, Vince Scully. Boy, will you ever be missed, and I just say he's without peer, and there's been a lot of great announcers in all sports, but is there anybody close? No, he's the top of the mountain. Top of the mountain. So uh, why don't we uh, <clears throat> get into some Philly sports? It was obviously a big day yesterday. With uh, 56 trades, something crazy a like lot. that. Most I've ever yeah in yeah, a long time. I, I know I was eye-weary by the end of the day, that's for sure. And uh, let's start off talking Phillies baseball. And, of course, we'll incorporate into that discussion the uh, the trades they made. Wiz, you want to open up? About yeah, yeah, let's talk about, about the Phillies here. And I guess the real question is, did they, you know, do we think they improved? Here are the, the real quick trades, then we can go into whatever ones we want here. The Phillies acquired Brandon Marsh, a young Angels outfielder, for our uh, catching prospect you've heard us talk about, Logan O'Hoppy. Um, we also 
acquired David Robertson. He is an old relief pitcher, was formerly with the Phillies and struggled, but was injured, having a great year this year with the Cubs. So we acquired David Robertson, and we gave up Ben Brown, a prospect, a 22-year-old starter who's doing pretty good this year. And lastly, right at the uh, last moment here before the deadline, we acquired Noah Syndergaard, a.k.a. Thor, former Met. Now he was with the Angels, and um, we gave up Mickey Moniak, our former first-round pick, and a prospect named uh, Jadil San- Sanchez, who wasn't, you know, isn't much to, uh, isn't much currently. So really, those are the three, three. You know, those are the only three things that the Phillies did here. The really big moves here, and I know the one, the most questionable ones. I guess we can start with the first one is the Brandon Marsh acquisition for Logan Ohapi, giving away the next JT potentially. Is we've seen how good this guy can be in the minors. What is that? Uh, Coach Al, what do you think about, about that one? Well, I think that El Hoppy was not going to be in the picture for three years. So I think they thought that there. And, uh, and, and you can't, you, you, you know, you got to give up something to get something. And the biggest thing is they stayed, stood on their grounds that they were not going to get rid of Painter, Abel, or McGarry. And so they still kept their best three pitching prospects in the system. And I think from the Phillies' perspective, they're looking at this as we still have JT. We have JT for a while now, and this guy, you know, Logan, he's a couple years away probably. And even if he does come up, you're already looking at a crowded spot. Even if you move JT to first, what do you do with Reese, right. the DH spot? There's it's, it's, It gets really crowded and tough. So I think that it makes sense. Oh, it is disappointing to give away a young stud catcher because they're so valuable. My only concern is what we're getting back with Brandon Marsh. The good news is we have five years of, his, of control over his contract. So if he turns into a really solid player, he's not going anywhere for a while. But the bad part, he's hitting 226 this year. He has a 280 on base percentage, a 350 slug, and a 630 OPS. Those numbers won't help They're you. terrible. Yeah. They're, they're absolutely terrible. There's no he's way to sugarcoat this. His offense is, is awful. He's not great in center field, right? So everyone is praising him as a really great outfielder, which is true, but only in left field. Right. That's where he's played most of his time. Now, he's played some center this year with right. Trout out and some right. center last year, but his defensive run saved in left field a seven this year. In center, sorry, in left field, his defensive run saved is seven. In center field, right. it's negative one. negative one. And last year was negative three in center field. So he's not a good center fielder by any means. Hopefully he can adjust on that and get more comfortable and familiar there and maybe, uh, maybe turn that around. But right now, what we have today is a guy who is not a good center fielder and an absolutely terrible hitter. That is, those are the facts. That's not, those are the absolute facts. <laughs> what you're hearing on the radio is that he's a great outfielder, but he's not in center field, and that's where he's going to play. That could change. As of today, he's not a good center fielder. There's no other way to, to, to view that. Well, once, once again, we're going into the world, the land of the deeper dive. You know, what you hear on the radio, if you listen to guys like Howard Eskin, when he uh, trashes JT and he's a joke and it was a bad contract, uh, Howard Eskin, it was a great contract, and JT is currently ranked number two in all of baseball overall because his defensive skills are so good. His, his framing, blocking, 44% thrown out stealing, and now he's hitting like JT, and I think the power is going to come now. So, go ahead, Jimmy. No, these these radio guys, they have tunnel vision. They they don't see the full picture. They they, they see offensive numbers. Oh, he stinks. Stinks. I don't waste the money. I don't know why. Since the model premise of our show initially, uh, and we pivoted off of that for good reason, and it's worked out well. But I don't know why we don't have a five-minute segment on our show and critique some of the nonsense we hear on the radio every week. And we certainly would start with Eskin, who publishes on Saturday. The, the, the it's unbelievable how many th- he's a Philly hater. You'll never say that. I'm not a hater. I tell it like it is. No, you're a Philly hater, Howard. That's okay. Be that way. But you absolutely confuse everything you say, and it never has a statistical foundation to it because he doesn't want to study or look at any of that stuff. And analytics is eroding baseball. But JT's having a a really good year right now. And to to Wiz's point, I think the Phillies are seeing that and saying, we're okay, catcher, for the next three years um, so we we can move this guy. There's always going to be a pain point to a trade when a minor league player has value, right? Um, 
And I think, Chad, you're, you're right on 100%. I listened to a lot of stuff yesterday, last night, this morning, and they said the three Phillies needs that they said before were a center fielder, a relief pitcher, and a starter, and all these commentators said, and they got all three. Yeah. Meaning that Marsh, to the average person listening, well, Marsh must be a really a great defensive end. You've just proved mm-hmm. not true. No, yeah, and left, absolutely. But, I mean, for his entire center field experience, he's played there 687 innings. He has a negative 3 R-tot and negative 4 defensive runs saved. Right. His coverage ratio is slightly below the, the, the league average for that position. And I don't know if it's a comfortability right. thing. Maybe yeah. I'm sure he'll get better. I don't think he'll – I don't. Let me be clear. I don't yeah. think he'll stay the same. Right. If you know you're playing there every day – and it's probably a little intimidating playing center field as Mike Trout's replacement. That probably puts some pressure on you. Um, and these numbers so, are his major league numbers, correct? Yes, not his major league numbers. I'd be curious to see what his minor league numbers yeah. were in, Alf- in the outfield. Maybe and that's he's only twenty-four. Off. Yeah, you correct. know the, the problem with that, Jim. Uh, I uh, reference Baseball Reference, okay, from my source. Uh, Wiz dives into Statcast and worlds beyond that that I don't even know. He gets some stuff that's unbelievable. But on Baseball Reference. They don't give you a lot of defensive statistics on the minors. They'll give you the assist and chance. That doesn't tell you anything. Right, yeah, you yeah. got to get the defensive run saved and that zone rating. And if you if you dive into what zone rating means, it's very relevant. It tells a story. But most fans don't want to hear any of that. Yeah, story. I mean that's the real story. You, you know? basically have to explain it like people are five. You have an elephant in center field and you have a jaguar. <laughs> There's a fly ball forty feet away. <laughs> Which one's getting there quicker? We're looking at some zone ratings. That's all you really have to imagine. Now, obviously, Brandon Marsh, we're not That's saying hilarious. he's like that. But you picture about how qu- it comes down to how quick someone's jump is, you know, how skilled they are at running the right path to the ball, not running in a curved line, a straight line to the ball. All those things factor into those zone ratings that say, what's the basically at the end of the day is here's a fly ball. What's the probability that it was caught? And did you catch it, basically? You and then, the they, right then they say, hey, what what credit do you get for that, really? Right, and, and I think we should devote a little more time than we do to the the stats that people call analytics, that because we said last week that nobody talks about OPS anymore. And he listened to GM's talk. What was his OPS plus? You know, whip adjusted for because they know that's what's the most relevant uh, statistic to talk about. And I'm know? sure they have the minor league numbers too. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure they, they have, have all that info. Data field. But let's talk about the uh, the relief pitcher. Robertson, right? Robertson. Robertson. Yeah. I, said yeah. a, I said a name right, Coach. So we acquired Dave Robertson, and we gave up Ben Brown. Ben Brown, let's start with him, just real quick on him. He's our prospect, what was. He's 22 years old. He's a 3.08 ERA this year in A-plus ball, over 73 innings. Now, in return, we get Dave Robertson. I'll pull up some of his numbers here, and we'll go over them in a second. But Dave Robertson is, I mean, he's basically a rental at this point. He's 37 years old. Yeah. He's having a great comeback year, though. That's you know, that's the good part. Uh, if you look at his numbers for this year, he has a 2.23 ERA over that's 40 kinda innings. That's sh- kind of shocking. So yeah. he's done very well with the Cubs this year. When he was last with the Phillies, it was in 2019. He only threw six innings because of an injury, and he just didn't do good here. But that's not obviously too small. He got hurt. He was coming, yeah. Right. You know, for his career, he's a 2.89 ERA that, pitcher. So it's know. very reasonable to think he'll be sub-3. Maybe yeah. even mid twos yeah. where he was with the Cubs, he was the low twos. So if we can get him in that spot, very reliable yeah. seventh inning guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th- this is a move that says Dave Robertson is a guy saying we need to win this year with him. Yes, it is. Like he's that That's piece. Otherwise, saying. you know, Ben Brown could end up being a good starter one day. You don't know. You're taking that risk. Can Dave Robertson help us win this year deep into the postseason where we need a guy to return to, maybe in a, in a you know a middle relief spot there? to get us through an inning, seventh, eighth inning, something like that. Yeah, and, the, you know, uh, the cake came out of the oven and it said, hey, we can win this year for Pittsburgh. You know, No, they're not great, but you still don't go on the road against a team not so great and take four straight. It doesn't ever happen. I think they had to go back 25 years or whatever it was. So there's no doubt that perceptions have uh, changed and that the organization and the fan base believes they can – Win now. Now, win a World Series, uh, that that's probably a stretch when you look at what the other teams did yesterday, too. Baby but, steps here. Let's but, just get in the playoffs. But get in the playoffs, maybe win a round, and then you, you, you sharpen things, refine things, trim them for next year. David Robertson, I believe he had Tommy John 
And a guy from Chicago was on the last 10, 12 hours, whatever, said he knows him personally, and he said he really feels like he owes the Philadelphia people something when he got the $23 million before for two years, and so he's pretty hyped up to come back to Philly. So that, that sounded good to me. That's good. That's the attitude you want. And the, the last trade we did here, this is personally my favorite. We acquired Noah Syndergaard, and we gave up Mickey Moniak, and I'm probably saying this wrong, Jadiel Sanchez. Bye-bye, Mickey. So um, just a quick summary. Uh, Mickey Moniak, as you know, he has been terrible this year. He has a 130 hitter this year for the Phillies, a career 214 – sorry, a career 129 hitter in the big leagues. Uh, Very bad. The other prospect we gave up, Jadiel Sanchez, he is 20 years old – sorry, 21 now – and this year he's hit 239 through A ball and rookie ball. Uh, not great, not much power. Looks like he could be a m- maybe. Ha- uh, yeah, really, I don't see much on this guy. So you know, who knows if he'll yep. get better? And Noah Syndergaard, the guy we got back, six six, 242 pounds. He is a presence on the mound. He's 29 years old now. He has a 3.83 ERA this year with the Angels, which I think goes under the radar because his record's 5-8 and eight because the Angels are so bad. Right, exactly. So his numbers this year aren't really bad at all. 3.8 ERA is very respectable. And you know, for his career, he's a 3.37 ERA. So I'm, I'm pretty happy about this trade. Yeah, he gives us that third. I assume will be our third guy in the bullpen. He's got a 1-2. In the two, rotation. 1-2-1-3 one, one, whip. He hits per uh, nine innings or eight, which is good. And uh, I think he can be a very, very reliable uh, pitcher. Three, four. Uh, you don't, you don't lose value by putting him in there. That's for sure. So I'm, I'm very pleased with that. They say he's you know, four or five miles an hour less than yeah, everything. Yeah, but, but he had the surgery too. Yeah. And people forget when they had the great staff with the Mets, he was the number one ranked pitcher, and Mr. Degrom was number two. He yeah. was for a point. Yeah, you know, you know every, was. every time somebody trips over that, you know, I'm going to say, can you name all five? Uh, Harvey, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who was the left hand? Well, you got Syndergaard. You Mats. just talked. Talk. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, he's the lefty. <laughs> yeah, I got four. Come on. Give me yeah. some help. Wheeler. Here. Wheeler. At Wheeler. That's right. And, and then Syndergaard. And Syndergaard. Yeah. Yeah. DeGrom. There's four. Four, DeGrom. I think. Yeah. Well, we Small D, big G, DeGrom. <laughs> right? Yeah. And they were, man, the Mets thought they were going to win for 15 years. And everybody broke down. And uh, had Tommy John and uh, Degrom looked good last night though. De- yeah, but you know what, Jimmy? Uh, like Boa says, you just know you can't rely on him. He's just not going to pitch the rest of the season. It's, yeah, it's well, a shame. We'll see. I mean, you'd you know, love he to. only pitched fifty. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, but you'll one. see. But you just you know. But hey, or it's been too long. We're still not talking about the big trade. <laughs> the Juan Soto. Well, trade. the one thing I want to say about <laughs> Syndergaard, his pitch counts are very high. Yeah, he's he's. 90 to 99 pitches in five to six innings. Sounds so. like Noah. Yeah, he he's not a lo- he doesn't go seven plus. So yeah. if the Phillies can make the playoffs right now, having Wheeler, Nola, and Syndergaard as your uh, third guy, absolutely. assuming he's the third guy, yeah, that's a really strong three right there. It is. That it looks is. really good in a best of five or a best of seven. And in case you haven't noticed, uh, help me out, Coach. So it's it's JT Castellanos. Okay, the guys that are hitting it weren't. Bomb already started. He's for six weeks. He batted 414, was his number two hitter in all of baseball. And we were batting him seventh. Don't tell anybody we were yeah. batting him seventh the whole time, you know, because he was comfortable down there. All right. And who am I forgetting the last one that's hot right now? Uh, Hoskins. If those four guys are going to maintain their levels and increase. Now, I put it out two weeks ago in Twitter, Jimmy, be proud, that. Their final batting averages will all be higher than where they were two weeks ago, and so far I'm, I'm dead on the money. So you didn't need to trade for a lot of offense because you've got four guys that are career hitters now hitting. You follow, so the run production jumped up to damn near five, and that's before you put Segura and 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 uh, Harper. Back in the lineup, so they're going to score some lineup, runs. That's for score sure. Score some runs, man, and then they got pitching, and the bullpen looks good. Tell you what's going to be interesting when Segura is back. What's your infield? What's your infield? Good, you start. I I think Stott has deserved has to, to be the starter at shortstop. Yeah. I'm very impressed with the way he feels, and it looks like uh, he's come on as a hitter to some degree. And Didi, 
you're not going to get what he paying. Still paying him no. ten million, they, and they, they gotta commit him to the bench. They gotta yes. have you know what, Wiz? You agree? They gotta put him on the bench. Well, yeah. right and this guy because yes, but they won't. They, I agree with you, but oh, they won't. Man, I, I agree with you. See, the biggest they problem can't. there is they're both hitting from the left side. If they, if you could rotate them to some degree, you get away with it. But the Sosa they just picked up is supposed to be a fantastic glove. I was so surprised they got another infielder. Yeah, to your point, uh, Stout is it Stout? Stout, Stout has yeah. has he's really not Stout. So he's fairly <laughs> slender. Thanks. He's a little chunky, so his numbers have doubled. But unfortunately, the last two months they've doubled. But they've doubled from like one twenty and nowhere to, to go but to, up. Yeah, two two ten. But uh, he's definitely improving his at bats. You got to get him experience, Jimmy. Let him get those at bats. Get the, just keep him in there. He's defensively really, really good, getting better as the team is. Now you have a heck of a lineup, man. I mean, Wiz is bomb going to stay that hot? Oh, he is hitting 418 the last 28 yeah, days. So yeah, no, he's no, not going to stay that hot. hot. Right. 300 hitter. Um, you know, I think I'll, I think we'll hang around 285, 300. Okay, I'll take that. Uh, I will. T- I will take that. He he kind of reminds me of you know I don't actually. I want to say what Marco Scudero, maybe not the best example. Look at a guy. Wow, what a pull there! It is a pull. That that I know it is a pull. Wait a minute, folks. Jimmy, we're supposed to do three, two, one. That means people that we take a timeout say, "What the f? You, hey, we're yeah. getting bull, we're getting bull rushed here by some damn research you did, Scudero. and you're trying to run that in here." I think it's I had him in fantasy yeah. in the nineties. That'd have been yeah, about right. my thousand, yeah, yeah, yeah. my thousand guess. Yeah, you were going to say for the, for the millionth lottery here, we're going to go to Scudero Garuda. So, so what I'm saying what about Marco. Is that he was a great hitter in terms of he had a career 280, 280 average, and he had many years where he hit about 300, 299, stuff like that, but he had no power. And that, that is Alec Bohm. Over the last 28 days, he's hit 418, and his OPS is only 1.04. <laughs> if you're hitting 418, your OPS should be way higher than that. Way higher. But if it's anything like last week, Wiz, you said about no power and he hit a home run the next yeah, game. So let's hope that works again. <laughs> the one difference between Scudero and Bohm, Scudero could play the field. Yeah, Bohm, that's <laughs> true. That's true. I'm over the last 28 days. He has Anecdotally, three home runs. Just it, his power is not there. No. Um, if he can get it up to even a decent spot. Well, the the point again is 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 well positioned because he's a third baseman, and third baseman in Major League Baseball have to give you a quantity of power and if every guy well maybe it's a good question if every guy hit 289 well above major league baseball's average right now of 243 would you win a, a world series if everybody at 39 sure. probably would right you'd produce a lot of runs through singles and, and bunts and, and, and small ball arenado machado City, riley yeah, you right? got a lot of stud third yeah, baseman right? let me clarify one thing yeah. over the past 28 days technically it's slugging percentage is 612 that's not the problem the problem here, really, too, is that he doesn't walk enough. 418 on base percentage and a 437, I'm sorry, 418 average and a 437 on base. In the past 71 plate appearances, he has three walks. Yeah. That's bad. He can't just be a guy that gets base hits. That's why you're not seeing him at leadoff. Right? He doesn't walk. He doesn't have a lot of power. Yeah, he hits for a high average. So where do we put him in the lineup? I think after Harper with Harper on base when he's let's, back or s- let's put it this way he's the least of our problems with two three hits a game fair yeah. that's fair yeah. yeah so let's talk about the next problem we have it's certainly not Alex Ball right now the way he's, the way he's hitting the bullpen's doing better Jimmy the starting uh, pitchers rotation's been better now you add Thor to that you add uh, Robertson to the to the, pe- the the team's improved and they've been doing very well and I th- now they have to match up against the plus 500 teams who they beat this year. But how much did it matter that you swept the Pirates? Probably not much, uh, but it's a momentum builder for sure. You won the you, series against the Braves. You won the series against the Braves, got the fans back in it after the, the, the horrible stretch against the Cubs, and now you got something hot out. I think the problem is you can't have that fifth pitcher being the relief, you know, by committee type thing. Gibson, you don't know where he is. Uh, you're hoping Syndergaard could be, and I think really it looks like Eflin. That's a chronic situation yeah, with that knee, and I'm not looking for him to be really of any help uh, 
yeah, well, they, at least they put him on this year. They put him on the 60-day. Yeah, I yes, saw sir. that, so that tells you right there. Yeah, yeah and, and before we get to the big trade, uh, Atlanta and the Mets kept pace. They've added, uh, they, they've added the guy that will get the double, and you'll look at his numbers and you'll say, oh, his numbers aren't that great, but he gets a certain pitcher from the left side. He delivers in postseason, and it will help the team. They added complementary players uh, and relief pitchers uh, that they very much needed. I, I think they stayed on pace. We certainly didn't catch. There's no deficit uh, catch for sure. Uh, but um, the big the big story yesterday. Let's go. Let's go. Was bring it bring it in. What's the big news from yesterday? Well, it's definitely the winner of the trade deadline, which was the Padres. Juan wow. Soto, superstar, 23 year old from the Nationals traded to the San Diego Padres for quite an extensive deal. Before we go into that, let me just say one thing about Soto here. He's only 23. He's the second person in baseball history, other than Hall of Famer Ted Williams, arguably one of the best players, well, no, no argument, the one of the best players of all time. Through his age 23 season, he has the second highest on-base percentage, minimum 2,000 at plate appearances. Ted Williams was 481 through, the, through age 23, and Juan Soto is 427 right now. He's a generational talent, that's for sure. No doubt it really about it. Yeah, I'll tell you, that Padres lineup, um, you know, you got Tatis coming back and uh, Manny, of course. They also got Josh Bell. Let's not forget that. Uh, Brandon Drury with 20 home runs. Their lineup, one through seven, is going to be absolutely dynamite, right? Um, they, they lacked a little bit of run production because they've had Tatis out. But right now, uh, this are, are they the favorite to beat the Dodgers? No, right? no, not yet. Right? How come? Because of pitching? Yeah, they don't have the pitching. Yeah, but boy, I'll tell you what, they're going to be. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. Very exciting team, and they are not a small market team anymore. Yeah, well, ju uh, just think about. Uh, I mean, I say Tatis as if he's going to get healthy. There are reports with the shoulder thing that he's got that he that he may never. But if he is, to watch Tatis, Soto, and Mikado in consecutively in a batting order, you don't have any team you can compare that to in Major League Baseball right now. No. And they also got Josh Hader, Wiz, right? Yeah, they also have <laughs> Josh Hader. He, he struggled a bit this year. He's got a four ERA, but actually still leads, leads the big leagues in baseball <laughs> and leagues, leads the big leagues in saves. Uh, with 29, which is pretty impressive considering he has a 4 ERA. Um, he started the season off unbelievable. He struggled a bit recently. I don't know, maybe if he's battling some injuries or anything going on, maybe. But, I mean, for his career, he's a 2.4 ERA, and he's uh, no doubt he'll bounce back. So having those hitters with Josh Hader sitting in there ready to close the door, that's going to be pretty potent. I think it took him a few weeks to get over Stubbs taking him out there and they well, gave it a three-run homer in the ninth. How about this, Coach? I'll just throw that out for what it's worth, and I don't mean to react too quick on this situation, but his ERA, 1.23 last year, ridiculous. Okay, 4.24 and 22. Bear with me here. Whip, 0835, 21.11, certainly not bad right now. How about this? Hits per nine inning last year, 3.8 and 21. <laughs> Seven per nine innings now. I marked out a wow. All right. Batting average against one, 127 in 21, 203 now. OPS 421 in 21, 700 now. So we were just talking, you know, uh, batting average against balls in play 218 in 21, 310 in 22. Another wow. So when you look beyond the numbers, Wiz. Milwaukee's got some concerns, early concerns, but concerns. And they also got a guy that can fill in in Devin Williams. This guy is lights out, uh, ERA of 1.59, whip 1.008, hits per 9.4, K per 9.15. They think they've got his replacement. Yeah, I mean, th they must know something on Josh Hader that you know the public well, doesn't. He's Maybe he's feeling like, – if it's not an injury, then this is his chance to start fresh and get back to what he was. And I think he, I think he's going to do it personally. If there is an injury, then how something about, else is, about the fact he's got to get that resolved. How but. about the fact that guys that throw that hard for that long at 100 miles an hour in high-stress 
this is a guy that's come in every time bases are loaded and you have a one-run lead. Okay, he's got to get you out of it. At they're really high high stress situations. Yeah, but he's and young. He's twenty eight. He I mean, just, if he's the closer, he's normally coming in in the ninth inning. Yeah, and he's going to want he's going to want a lot of money next year. Yeah. So I think yeah. this is Milwaukee with forward thinking. The Eagles used to do this all the time, saying, "Hey, he's th- his numbers are starting to depreciate. Okay, we see some weakness. He's going to cost us a fortune, and we got a guy putting up Josh Hader like numbers right now." In the eighth inning, move him to our closer. By the way, the rest of their bullpen is very, very good, too. All right? Get some complimentary players back, and I think it's a smart move. I, I like that I move. thought I just read somewhere where his, you know, his minute ERA up until July, and for July it was like 12.4 or something like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about Hayter a couple months ago in the yeah. Phillies, not, maybe, not, maybe six weeks ago when the Phillies had the, the, either the walk-off or the go-ahead against him. And then we talked about how lights out he was. So I'm surprised, so surprised to see that he's now ERA is all up to four. He must have had a really bad July. You know, one of the things we we were remiss not to say uh, were some of the players that were sent to the Nats from San Diego. Where's, do you want to run through that real quick? I, I got it handy. Um, just just to uh, you, you talk about a, a haul. I mean, the Nats got unbelievable talent back. We're just going to. Not to bore you with all the details, but let's just go real quick through that. All right, so they have a C.J. Abrams. He's 21, middle infielder. Hit 400 his first season in the minors. He's a, overall, he's hitting 335 in the Number minors. Number one pick. Looks like a you know, future star here. James Wood, 19-year-old outfielder. His minor league slash line is hit 340 average, 450 on base, 1,000 OPS. <laughs> Unbelievable for 19 years Number old. Number two pick. Uh, Robert Hassel. Number one pick. 20-year-old outfielder, hitting 301, 390 on base, 860 OPS, another stud. He's got speed. He's got power. Good defender. All around, another solid player. Uh, Jarlin Susanna, 18 years old, international player, 2.5 ERA. He's a relief pitcher. Sub sub .9 whip. Really incredible young talent here for this guy. And lastly, Mackenzie Gore. 23-year-old. He's their oldest guy that they trade. Lefty pitcher. He's currently a rookie. You know, we'll see how he develops and stuff. It's kind of early to, to, to really pinpoint Co- that one. Coach Al, there's five young studs. And you know what's amazing? We don't know their, uh, the, any of the, their names unless you're really into Well, we know Mackenzie Gore, yeah, uh, and C.J. Abrams. I, I study. Okay. You wouldn't know I study because I can't pronounce any names, Okay. But uh, I spend an hour a night looking at minor league players, and I can tell you this, San Diego restocked the inventory because they went through all their inventory years ago, restocked their inventory. And here's the scary part. We just articulated how these the credentials of these players, they kept their top five minor league talent. That's yeah, scary. They, they kept it yesterday. But they, they were as deep as, like, 13. So they made other trades, too. So now, it's... A guy like C.J. Abrams will be fun to track because he comes up to the big leagues. He's 21, and he really struggled so far. He's at 232. But his minor league numbers, he's hitting 335 for his career. So, it, you know, it, it clearly didn't didn't discourage the Nationals from what they were seeing. But he's a guy who had some big league experience and struggled so far. Again, only 130 plate appearances. He can't make anything of that. Yeah, if I, if I can speak to that from my observations in depth, when you look at the minor league grids, I'm talking about their offensive, you know, batting average and on base and, and slug and OPS, OPS plus. When you look at a guy that goes, a player that goes through A ball, there's different levels of A ball, okay? There's low A, middle or high, and all that stuff. Then you have double and triple and all that stuff. When you look at the compilation of stats for their entire minor league career, and it's 290 plus, and OPS is 850 plus. They end up hitting in the major league baseball more often than not. So he'll hit, and yeah. uh, very few guys get up there with an OPS of 850-900 from the minors and and bat 600 OPS in the majors. Now, does it take a couple of years? Absolutely, for most players, not everybody. These are guys that are going to hit. The, 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 I mean, the Nats got a haul yesterday. Oh, and the so. Nationals got these guys under control for they have them under control. What yeah. five six years? Exactly. So I mean, yeah. even when they start. 
playing major league level. They got them under control. And, and yes, Cal fans can a team uh, turn around. Well, I will give you the Houston Astros that stunk for four years in a row. And some people said they tanked. Uh, I think it's a little bit different in baseball. I think you just you just deplete your talent to the point where you really can't compete. But the Astros made smart choices with their uh, draft picks. Uh, they restocked. They made some smart trades. And I guess you could say the rest is history now because they threatened the, the, the uh, Yankees. They're uh, there every year now. Yeah, and, and they got a lot of help yesterday too. So uh, it was an exciting day, lots of action, and uh, it's going to be really exciting to watch Soto with San Diego and, of course, continue to track, uh, track our Phillies. Uh, what's going on in uh, the world of uh, football, Coach? Well, all the reports, you know, they're still not hitting yet and so forth. So it's so, so tough to really. But everything you read that uh, even Rager had a half-decent day yesterday. I wanted to go, uh, you know, whatever. But uh, supposedly Hertz had one bad day. So this time of year, before they get into a game, I, I, I can't pay attention no, to that's much hard. of the things Did, he, he did the coach say that they're not going to hit at all Yeah, that's this, kind this of year? Special. Hit but not take down. Yeah, right? I don't, I don't, th- that I don't get. That, <laughs> I mean, I can see leading up to it and maybe yeah. start hitting in a couple weeks, uh, but to not hit in all training camp? That's their analytics, sports science, saying keep these guys not bruised, healthy, fresh legs, but conditioned. And all but take it, hitting and through driving someone to the ground, and these guys aren't going to have a bruise on their body come game one yeah they're also not going to know how to tackle well, well I'll give you a couple of examples of tampa bay lost their starting center already yeah. dallas has lost two receivers so this proves their point if they want to say something that's wanna, why we're not going to use those exhibits brady will tell you he's really upset about losing his center sure and brady will also articulate what that means in terms of wins and losses how important the center is so i mean coach that's what they're looking at there's no doubt about it and they're saying we're going to be fresh we're going to be conditioned. We're going to know the playbook. We're going to do the reps, but we don't want we don't want people hurting to start the season. What do you think, Wiz? I'm on the fence about it. I, I I'm fine with waiting. I think you need to ramp up eventually, though. And you got to get ready to play. Like you can't go into the NFL first pregame and and not have hit anyone. You have to have some experience for that and some you know recent muscle memory i guess yeah, body like, conditioning you would take it yeah i mean you're gonna you get, get a hit when you get hit like it's like i guess we can't really experience it we're not professional athletes but i know when i play my first round of golf each year the next day i'm like oh i'm dead yeah. now <laughs> i doubt it's like that for professional athletes because they're doing a lot of other things but i'm sure there's some level of after that first time you're hit that next day you probably feel really tough and really bad just because it's your first time getting getting pulverized like that for the year I mean, they at the same time they have the whole entire preseason yeah. to figure that out. And they are going so to I'm, play, on, I'm on the fence with it. Aren't they going to play some controlled practices with other teams? Play the Browns, in fact. All right, that's got to be hit and take to the ground real football, right? The Browns are coming to town and tell everybody to play tag football, right? I, I don't know. I haven't looked. <laughs> two two hand touch. They may put the flags on. <laughs> yeah, put the flags on. It would be hilarious. Uh, there go the Eagles running with the flags on. Maybe Raker would actually do something then. <laughs> they are controlled scrimmages. Do we still yeah. have a basketball uh, team in town? What's going on, Coach, with uh, any news? No news except uh, where they're going to play. That really hasn't been too much said, uh, especially with the uh, draft. How are we doing time-wise, Jimmy? 45. 45. We're close well, we to Rants. Got one more pretty big. NFL story we haven't talked about yet. We do. Um, part of the reason why we why we kind of got ramped up here to, to, to really break this down as soon as we could is... Why we're recording on Wednesday versus Friday uh, initially, right? It was drafted and Deshaun Watson. Dra- yeah, with yeah. the trade deadline and, and Deshaun Watson. Um, Scully died. So I'm sure everyone is, is aware of this information, but Deshaun Watson currently... Um, well, it was a um, alleged 30 sexual assault allegations against him. And... Um, Currently, he got a well. He just got a six-game suspension um, that just came out a couple of days ago. Here, uh, the vast—I mean, almost everyone that I've seen, like everyone that I've seen, really—it's just totally outraged at at this decision here that came by the, um, you know, by I think the retired federal judge Sue Robinson. 
the, the, the way the NFL and Sue went about this, they, they interviewed 12 of the 24 women who were suing Watson, but then they only took four of those testimonies. So I don't know why they're so limited there in that scope and why there's not they're looking at all you know, maybe 15, 20, or all 30 because, of the allegations. Because I'm going to just guess, okay, that the other one settled their civil suit for so much money that they're not talking. Yeah, I, I mean, again, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. But the the bottom line is, I mean, it's it's basically like if you break it down in the ratio, which is not a good thing to do, it's basically for every, like, five sexual assaults, this guy, he got one it, game. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's insane. We're talking ridiculous. Um, not you, <laughs> but we're talking about a horrific situation, a ridiculous punitive judgment, uh, and uh, it's, you know, it, it's so sad that everybody wouldn't be on the same page, Coach, on something like this. You hear about these multiple infractions. You know he's a predator. Isn't that somebody said? Somebody walked by in the office, and, and they said, hey, nice job, and they hit me on the backside, and I saw that, and somebody else witnessed it, so you're going to be in trouble. That can't happen in the office nowadays, okay? you got to be you got to be careful how you address your employees when it comes to metaphors and stuff that you say to make a point. You can't say a lot of stuff that you used to say, right? But this is not that. This is not a, a, this an is a whole other level. This is a guy who's a predator who during his massages, I get one every week for a situation I have my legs, looked at those, took advantage of those times to be very aggressive with somebody because of his reputation and brand and what he could get away with and money to say we're going to advance this to something sexual. And, you know, right away these, these and massage they, therapists they, don't want to lose their job and, and go out and rat on him because he's a high target. So... You're intimidated as to who to tell officially, what to do officially. So they have to smolder through that whole thing, these poor girls that were doing this. And there's 30 of them, did you say? At least 30, yeah. That's horrific. The, the intent, That's not six games. The intent behind it, too, is disgusting. Apparently, Sean Watson would be in his car waiting for the NDA to be signed or something like that right. while he had his own towel. This very small towel he would he would bring into his not the sheets the cup that are designed for massage therapists to use to cover you know private areas things like that that you know any you see at any typical massage no Deshaun Watson had a small towel that he would wear around small? himself where did you read that I mean that I was on ESPN okay now here's it's the, he's Jeez. absolutely everything wrong Stop. with the NFL. Right there. It's disgusting. Uh, Jimmy, can Cal we get this take to the NFL? Look, last year, Calvin Ridley made a bet uh. that his team was going to win a game of the NFL. That's not okay. But yeah, he, made he didn't a bet. even play in. Right. He didn't even play. He is currently suspended indefinitely, indefinitely, through at least the entire 2022 season. No, that, he's, losing, Shame on me. he's losing $11 million, Calvin Ridley, for no, making a bet on his team. No exaggeration. No. Right? Deshaun Watson. Is a six-game suspension. He's losing less than a million dollars. Trevor Bauer got a 324-game suspension, two years. Yeah. What were again? Currently, they're say non-criminal sexual assault allegations. Now, I don't want to compare Trevor Bauer to Deshaun Watson and, say, and make it sound like no, Trevor Bauer is right or no, wrong. No, I got you. And get I into all you. that. We're with you there. The point is, the MLB took it seriously and said, "You're done for two years, for two sexual assault allegations." Deshaun Watson has 30 here. Bauer's suspension's costing him $60 million. Watson's, I think it's Watson's going to cost him about 300000 Not MLB, right? NFL? Uh, correction, right? MLB. Yeah. MLB. Oh, and for, for, for Trevor Bauer, the, for, the pitcher. For Bauer, the pitcher. The pitcher for the Dodgers. Oh, I'm sorry. With you, my bad. And they have brought that up two or three times and then just extended it, too. DeAndre um, Hopkins for illegal substances is suspended six games and a $5.2 million. And what was that, weed? I think it was weed. Yeah. Josh Gordon for the had his career ruined for having some weed. Deshaun Watson, six games. It's th There is no comparison That's here. It's absolutely disgusting. The most what they did very, to him. very good portrayal. Uh, what, how, good how, I don't say what they did to him, how they yep. treated him this favorably. It's just The most insane. disgusting part of this is the NDAs were provided by the Houston Texans. 
because they knew that he liked doing this and they were okay with it. Well, they last, should be they should be wiped we, off the, we, the we face talk, of the NFL. I'm, I'm sorry, Coach. I know you got something to say here, very meaningful. We talked last week about how you can have a a contract condition at the very end. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, with Kyler Murray. That, yeah, we thought that was was farcical. Let's take that times ten. How about a contract condition that would say to Deshaun Watson, "You can only get a massage by one of our people." You're walking around the locker room looking at your other teammates, your players, going, "Yeah, you're going to, I can't because I have, you know, I have to." Be. How do you respect a guy like that, Al? Well, let's go back last year when it first surfaced. They told him we're going to sit you down, but they still paid him over ten million dollars. Yep. And then those thirty women were brought civil suits civil against suits. Houston. Right. They were settled. And then the 20 women, supposedly, now if you're getting $230 million guaranteed, right. uh, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to say that, well, those 20 just got taken care of, and then three out of the next four got taken care of, and one person's standing you know, by yourself were now. They, were they all million-dollar yeah. civil settlements? Million bucks? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can see the numbers. I don't think it was ever discussed. I would assume yeah. so, yeah. 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 I mean, the, the, what the sports world is going to have to do, and this is what how it should be, if you if there are any you know, eno- like provable enough sexual assault allegations against you, you need to be banned from the sport forever that's these people have no place in sports that's what it screams out sports are, are supposed to be entertainment fun people look up to these players as role models if you're doing these things you need to be out of the game forever and probably worse than that yeah that's what they need to do there is no six game ban or even for trevor Bar- they should be done forever I they mean, have if, no place in the game. In, in the in the criminal world, if you go before, and I'm not an attorney, but if you go before a judge for multiple offenses, just we'll just keep it to selling drugs, and you're in there for the seventh time in four years for selling heroin, they look at you as a lifetime offender. You're going to come back to jail, and you're going to get out, and you're going to do it again. You can only do it so many times before the sentence is going to be 25 years because you are a patented lifetime offender. But the NFL, 24 to 30 times, don't count in one instance, right? Yeah, what you're talking about is a three-strike rule. You uh, go the third time, yeah, bye-bye, you're yeah. gone. Uh, but for that. if any of these were caught on camera, he would never play again, just like Ray Rice. And, and that's yeah. what a lot of people are saying. But at the same time, like people who make that defense, it's like, well, of course they can't have cameras in, in a massage room. Well, I, believe, room. Mr. I yeah. believe Robert Kraft got caught on camera. Yeah. yeah. yeah it, it's, mean, just, it's, it's just the NFL basically here saying, again, what they – don't care about at yeah, the end of the day. Betting right. bad. It really is. Sexual assault. Okay. Yeah. I mean, last year I think the NFL could have placed Deshaun Watson on some type of restriction to to maybe handle this whole situation better, and they didn't. They only got this involved when the public outcry was this is terrible. If that wouldn't happen, the NFL is handling this totally differently. And that's one thing that um that the judge handling this, Sue Robinson, said. She said that the league could have placed Watson on the commissioner's exempt list last year and chose not to, which she appears to think means the league didn't consider his behavior worthy of such a punishment until the public outcry came. And if this guy was a a second-string offensive lineman, he would be out of the league. No doubt about it. Now, all about money, Jim. If it's his, all about money. If his week, if sorry, if his six-week suspension, if that ends up what it is being, and the NFL doesn't appeal and say it's six games. He comes back week seven against the Ravens. Um, I mean, it, I would never hope injury on a player, but I hope yeah. Deshaun Watson gets his clock absolutely cleaned every single play. Uh, you better believe there'll be headhunters. Oh, I hope there so. Assassins in the league. I hope you so. This crap. You know how how sad this is. We're talking about the local sports radio, and this is not just to to bang on on sports radio. I, I enjoy listening to WIP. Listen to it every day. Uh, but Howard Askin two months ago wanted him, you know, notwithstanding all of these charges and circumstances, he said, you know, in the NFL, all teams have some black marks and stuff that has happened. So he wanted him as the Eagles quarterback. And I think a couple of people in WAP, the morning show, were set, were willing to set this aside. 
you know, have Deshaun Watson as quarterback, knowing that we have question marks with, with Hurts. I mean, Philadelphia would have been outraged. I mean, look what we, we said about Odubel. Everyone hates Odubel. And for, for uh, you know, what happened with him, that was one person. Again, yeah. I'm not comparing them. But we bring in Deshaun Watson here. It's just yep. the sta- you got to have the standard. At the end of the day, this is entertainment. It's not all win at all cost and morals and standards be, you know, be damned out the door. And th- what Deshaun Watson did, there's the, it's. And at a practice the other day, Deshaun Watson come out and the Cleveland people were cheering and you could even hear someone scumbags. in the background yelling, we love you. Scumbags. Love that? that was my rant. That so, dog pound. So we're going to dial Ray up for a heck of a rant, I think, on this. What would your penalty have been uh, to Deshaun Watson if you're a commissioner and you can make a one-man decision? What would it have been? Definitely have to be a year to me. A year. <laughs> Jimmy? Oh, lifetime. Lifetime ban. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lifetime ban. Lifetime. Okay. Yeah. Now, yeah. Um, anyone doesn't know, kind of a, a a nice twist on this. The well, it's not not the right terminology. The, the wife of Jim Tomey, Andrea Tomey, earlier this year canceled Brown season tickets after Desha- after Desha- the Deshaun Watson trade. This is something I hope a lot of I think everyone should do personally. I don't know how <laughs> anyone can support the Browns fan. The, I mean, always the stuff you see on Twitter about the Browns fans de- defending this is enough to make you sick, and uh, and really troubling. I hope more people do that. I hope, I hope everyone cancels their season tickets and, and no one ever goes to the Browns game again. I, I'll tell you a guy that's going to have to act like the stone-cold hypocrite for as long as he's coaching, uh, and that's going to be uh, – what's the name of his coach? He's, a, he, he's the, the, Give me the team again real quick. That Browns? Team. Browns. Browns. Stefanski. That's, yeah, Stefanski from Philly. Yeah. He's a good guy. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure if he's Ivy League. Was it he Penn? Yeah, him, he is him and his father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. real good pedigree to whole yep. bit. How many times is Kevin Stefanski going to have to look at a camera and lie about how he feels about his quarterback? Right? You don't. I, I you don't quit. think you don't think he's signing off on this, do you? I yeah. would quit too. Yeah, well, you know that's that's difficult. Right, that part that's your that's your career. You finally your get to be a head coach is pretty there. tough. No. To, no. So right. we're gonna bring Big Ray uh, in on Ray's a, ready. Or, we're ready Ray, for rants. Are you with us, Ray? Oh, I'm with you in spirit, in mind, All and right. in body. You know we miss you, Bubba. We're looking forward to getting you back. You know. Uh, I know. I, I, we got to put this thing together. We got to do it, buddy. Listen, we thought just maybe that you'd like to rant on Deshaun Watson, or you take your shot, buddy. Where is it? Bring it on. Well, I, I'm going the other way. Okay. Unfortunately, the first time I'm actually going to say something nice about someone. So. Uh, but uh, don't get used to it. Going to talk about I'm, I'm going to talk about Vin Scully, people. Okay, good, good, good. Going to talk about Vin Scully and then uh, your Phillies, the uh, yeah, the island of misfit players. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, what a beautiful, smooth, velvety voice, Vin Scully, a man who lived to be 94, and out of those years, he spent 67 of them calling games for the Dodgers, beginning in 1950 and ending in 2016. In 2009, his peers voted him number one on its list of the top 50 sportscasters of all time. Tommy Lasorda claimed, quote, Scully bled Dodger blue. When calling Hank Aaron's 715th home run, breaking Babe Ruth's record, Mr. Scully simply said, To the fence, it's gone. But he also left the country with this beauty. What a marvelous moment for baseball. What a marvelous moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball legend. He also called Larson's World Series perfect game, and when Koufax retired all 27 Chicago Cups that he faced, and he also saw Jackie Robinson break the color barrier, and also when an injured Kirk Gibson pinch hit a game-winning home run for the Dodgers against the A's in the opener of the 88 World Series at Dodger Stadium, Mr. Scully observed, in a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. What the hell, Ray? When presented, 
when presented with the Medal of Freedom by Barack Obama. Uh, Obama. Barack Obama. <laughs> Close enough. Hey, that's more. Barack Obama said, most play-by-play announcers partner with an analyst in the booth to chat about the action. Ben worked alone and just talked with us. That's more research Before, you've done in two years, Bubba. What the heck? Is thank this? you. <laughs> uh, as, as usual, you're still interrupting me. That, that's Before why we miss throwing you. Out the first, <laughs> Before throwing out the first pitch in Game 2 of the 2017 World Series, Scully replied, somewhere up in heaven, Duke Snyder, Jackie Robinson, Roy Campanella, and Gil Hodges are laughing their heads off. He told the crowd, look at who's throwing out the first ball at the World Series. Rest in peace, Vin Scully. You will be missed. And then I have my last beautiful comment. Beautiful. I'm crying. Thank you. The trade line, the trade line is coming on, and so have our playoff chances. (laughs) As the Phillies are like that little Santa Claus show that comes out every year. They live in the island of misfit ball players, as I said earlier. But at least they did something right, getting rid of Odubel and Mickey Moniak, who no doubt will become a star at his <laughs> next season. Mark that down, and I'm dead serious. Mickey Moniak will become a star in the big leagues. Now, if I had a microphone, gentlemen, I would just drop it here and say I'm out. But you my phone is too damn expensive. So, uh, do you have any questions for I me guess, while I'm still I, here? Ray, that I, was the greatest three minutes in our podcast history. Felt like ten. Howard Meat Sales, man. You got that expensive phone, and you. Uh, yeah. All right, man. You're doing well. We got to get you back in. And Ray, you forgot familiar too. La, La Familia. You, you forgot Familia along with Moniac and Odubel. We weren't sad to well, see him go. for all the Italians. You yeah. know, all the, mob, all the mob people, they got, you know. <laughs> they still think the mob, they, yeah, when they heard La Familia, they thought the mob. I, ha- I have one fair question for you, Bubba. You ready? Yeah. Is, is that more research than you've done in two years added all together, yes or no? <laughs> I never did that much research in high school. <laughs> we and miss four you. Year, three years of college, too. We're, we're looking forward to getting you back because you're, you are the voice. You are the open. Maybe that's the big but the, sh- the show's doing great. It sounds great. We got 3,000 uh, listeners. We're, we're going straight to the top, baby. How about that? Ray, Ray, I hope you checked out my Gardner Minshew rant last week for you. <laughs> Gardner Minshew is ready to go. He slept in a in an old prison bus list this past off season. That's great. And Ray, you said we're our, Ray, you said we're going right to the top, and we're includes you. Yes, good point, Coach Al. How about him bringing it, man? He's still bringing it. And I want to tell you something, Coach Al left me such a beautiful, kind message. He did. And I save all those, Coach. Honestly, yes, can you, he did. Can you share? Can you share a little bit? I won't share because that's personal. But I, I, he knows I love him, and that was just a, a very nice thing to do. Yeah, Coach Al's good like so. that. He's a very kind man. He's, 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 yes, he is. All right, well, yes, listen. Great uh, to hear you from your brother. You, you don't mind, if, you. You don't mind All right, if, man. You don't mind if we do our rants now, do you? Come on, I'm here. I want to listen. Coach, that lead off. I don't know if this is really a rant, but I have something to say about a great player who has diminished his career. Robinson Cano. Between 2005 and 13 with the Yankees and four years with the Mariners. Great player. No doubt about it. But all of a sudden, that he got the PEDs for the one year. Now, he's come back this year with three different teams. One of them, he didn't even hit 100. The other two were not over 160. His lifetime batting average is 301. Robinson, be remembered as a 300 career hitter. Don't try and hang on and get down to 299. End of rant. That's it. Uh, once again, I'm going to pick the option between rant and rave. I'm going to go with rave. Vince Scully, there is no way for me to thank you. I don't want to get emotional here, but you were a bridge back to my dad, who died in 69. A lot of he loved you. Uh, so I've followed you ever since, and I'm going to get emotional. So I'll just say thank you in present ways. God bless you. No one better than I am going to say that, um, as everyone knows here on the show, 
we really like to focus on high quality reporting. You know, what we what you hear in the media, the other side, the facts. And in that note, I'm gonna rant on myself. Because last week on the show, I did not do JT Romuto justice. JT, as of last Saturday, he leads all catchers in blade appearances, at bats, runs scored, hits, triples, RBIs, total bases. And stolen bases. He has 13 stolen bases as of last Saturday. Second place has five. Last year, I, last week, I discredited JT in a manner that was patently unacceptable. And I need to rant against myself because that is not what this show's about. And that is not what any of us are about. And we have to be accountable for our actions. So JT is an absolute. He's still great. Okay, is he the high average hitter he was the past prior years? No. But he absolutely is, is still one of the best catchers in baseball. There is no doubt about that. He's still an elite catcher. He's top three easy. So if you're going to hold yourself accountable, you may want to say that you said the Phillies need to fire all of their people in the minor league system. They had already done that for battling in, in place. Which one is that? I mean, I, I'm for the minor league system, what I'll say is that the – the scouts all need to go. Even if they're bringing a they, new guy. But they just got to do it. No, yeah. no, they brought in a new, like, I Battle. thought it was a new. We're good. Right. The scouts still need to be better. I, but, but, yeah. We have Gene Shaw and Milt Thompson that are starting to help with Madeline. Yep. Jimmy? My rant, as Al stole my thunder earlier, is the Cleveland Browns fans. What a bunch of scumbags. How can you applaud this guy who is getting paid tons of money and has molested numerous women it's a disgusting franchise, disgusting fan base, and the NFL and the Browns should be ashamed. Wiz, how do those viewers that are increasing by the week, thank you so much. We were talking about 200 way back when, and now we're talking about 3,000. It's getting exciting. Wiz, how do they get all of us? Yeah, as always, guys, our website, speakingofsportspod.com, our Twitter Speaking of Sports Podcast, email speakingofsportspod at gmail. Make sure you check us out on Facebook. Now, not everyone knows if you're listening to this podcast, just audio, just the podcast, check us out on Facebook or YouTube. We uh, we, have, we, put, we we record video now and we put it up there so you can see us, you can see our reactions, you can see some of the banner that goes on when we're not talking. It's kind of fun. So check it out and you'll see some privacy Ray doing some crazy stuff too. So uh, I think you'll like it. As always, get a hold of me at 609 828 Six, nine, and thank you to Gary, who reached out to me last Saturday. I heard, also heard from Crazy Mike, who talks about the mistakes we make. Bring it, Mike. We're getting better, buddy. Brooke, keep it coming. Keep the heat coming. But Gary talked about if you're going to be on Facebook, you got to make sure certain things a certain way, a little bit of housekeeping issues. Didn't like the cords. I think we have less this week. That's a tough one, Gary. We're going to get it. Uh, once our table turned around, all good points. This guy's been a professional his entire life. Friend of Coach Al's. And uh, thank you, Gary. You had our best interest at heart. And we're taking most of your advice as quick as we can. Amen. That's a wrap. See you, Ray. Be good, Bubba. See you, guys. See you, pal. <laughs>